welcome back to another Commodity Conversations brought to you by the team at Mercado. Today will be a conversation between myself, Andrew Whitelaw, and Robert Herman of Mercado. This week we'll be talking about counterparty risk in the grains industry, which is a very hot topic at the moment. And if you believed half the rumours that we're hearing around the place, it would make a fantastic movie. Uh, Robert will be doing most of the questioning this week and I'll be talking about it just because grains is, is typically my area of, uh, of knowledge for what it's worth. But first, before we jump into it and I pass the mic off to Robert, I just want to say a big thank you to LiveCore. LiveCore have funded us to do a project looking at the sheep live export market and looking what the value is of live exports. So we are currently conducting a survey and we're looking to get in touch with people who are you know, sheep producers, especially in Western Australia, who would be heavily impacted, but also transporters, vets, stock agents, merchandise stores. If you think it would have an impact upon your industry, if or your business, if there was a, a ban on live exports of sheep, uh, you need to jump on that. If you think it's going to impact you, if you don't jump on that, you're really missing out. And this data will be used to, you know, make a case for the industry. So if you really want to help the industry, um, you know, take 10 minutes out and just fill in the survey. You can find it on our website, mikado.com.au. It's on the right-hand side. Uh, or, you know, contact us and we can pass you on a link if you don't already have it. But without further ado, I will pass you off to Robert. Okay, Andrew, thanks. Today, um, I was looking back through some of the old articles and um, it's funny how history repeats, but in April... You were writing about um, grain trade insolvency, and at the time it was very topical because Limperier Grain had just went into administration, and they owed growers 18.8 million. Um, it was a, it was an, another bit of a shock to the industry. And your question there was, is counterparty risk a major issue, and how can you protect against it? So let's delve into that a little bit. Just as by way of background, though, I don't want to sort of pit one commodity against another, but if you're selling wool in Australia through a broker, the wool doesn't leave the store until the money is delivered. If you're selling livestock through an agent at the sale yards, the agent guarantees the payment. Uh, however, it just looks like the grain industry still got this laissez-faire approach and from time to time it comes up as a real problem. Yeah, the grains industry basically is paid uh, on invoice or on recipient credit tax invoice. So effectively you or a majority of times a grower gets rid of it, the grain, it leaves his farm and it goes to destination and then they get paid afterwards. So it is, you know, there is a lot of risk on the table there. And we have seen uh, a few grain trading companies go bust over the past, or past 20 years. Uh, and we've seen one or two this year and there are rumours of another one who may look, uh, looks a bit dicey at the moment. So it's... Um it's interesting, isn't it, that the rumours get going pretty quickly, but that's because the industry has a bit of a track record. I note in your April article, you tallied up $155 million worth of money that was owed to farmers for grain delivered and they didn't get paid through trade insolvencies. Yeah, so I, I just went through and I looked through all of the insolvencies that I could find over the past 20 odd years. And one of the interesting points is that um, it came up to around about 150 million uh, off the top of my head. Interesting enough, in recent days, I've actually spoken to companies who have said that it's actually more than that because they actually didn't put their names down as a creditor. 
for a couple of million dollars. I know those were major grain trading companies. So that 150 million is probably close to being um, right, but it's probably a little bit on, there's a little bit more to add on top of that. So it, it is really, you know, it is a case of uh, yeah, the risk is there. Uh, I don't personally think that it's a huge issue for the entire industry because it only equates to under 25 cents per ton. But it is obviously an issue for those farmers who, who do get impacted upon. You know, it is a, is a big personal loss for those producers. When you say it's not a big issue, I think, um, you, you know, the numbers are say, well, OK, it's not a big issue per tonne. However, if you're the farmer, it is a big problem. But if Definitely. you look at... Like, absolutely. When it, it's the individual farmer who loses, you know, 200,000, which it doesn't take a lot of grain to lose 200,000 these days, especially on, on these years' inflated prices. Yeah, but at the same time, the grain industry has had, um, you know, magnificent progress in productivity, efficiency, soil moisture conservation, um, how they treat their soils and that. And yet here we are in the marketing area where it seems like we're still back in the in the old dark days. You know, you deliver the grain. Um, what happens? A few days later, you send an invoice and then you wait for the money to turn up. But if it doesn't turn up, um, what, are your, what are your options? What do you do? Yeah, well, I think... If- First of all, the industry is changing at a, at a very, I would say, glacial pace. There are there are different products you can use. You know, any farmer can go out there and get counterparty insurance. Uh, you could use a system like uh, Clear Grain, which gives some protection. Uh, the industry has gone from, you know, in some cases above 30 days end a week payment to a lot of the major grain traders are now down to you know sub seven day payment terms, which reduces a lot of risk. The reality is, though, you know those major grain traders who have got very quick payment terms, the risk is not with them. The risk isn't with one of the you know the ABCD uh, trading companies. It is actually with the the smaller grain traders. You know the trucky traders, and that's what we see when we look at solvencies. By and large, they are smaller organisations. They're not the big, large multinationals. So just going back to a producer, when he's selling grain, of course, um, getting paid is important. Um, Finding a customer who's reliable, that's important. But also, you want to get the best price. So what what are some of the tips you would give to somebody who's looking at deciding who they're going to sell the grain with? Should they just ignore those little guys? It's a hard one. I would say if you were completely risk averse, then yep, avoid those smaller guys because you know in reality the risk is with the the smaller smaller organisations compared to larger trading companies. That being said, you know we want a good market with a lot of different players within it. So we want smaller, medium, and larger traders. And remember, a lot of smaller farmers smaller farmers that are actually buying grain. You know the dairy companies, the pig producers. So we can't just stick to the the majors. But I would say you know there's a number of red flags. Uh, speak to your neighbours if they're being delayed on payments. You know they're 90 days overdue, 120 days overdue. Well, I would probably avoid them until they get a bit of a better reputation for paying. Um, if there's outlandish behaviour, you know, coming out from that grain, tra- grain trading company, or there's uh, all sorts of stories coming out or rumours, avoid them in my books. Uh, but also, the market is the market. So if there is a grain trading company, hypothetically, you know, 10 grain trading companies are all trading at 300 to $305 a tonne, and 
there's another guy trading at 325 $330 a ton. You have to ask yourself the question, well, how is that small trader able to pay more than anyone else in the market? If everyone else is in a tight range, how can they pay substantially more? And the answer usually is that they can't because the market is the market. And that's where the risk comes that you get, yes, on paper, you're getting paid an extra 10, 20, 30 dollars a ton. But if you don't receive it, it's not worth the contract it's written on. So you mentioned that there's there's rumours in the market again. And um, I've got to say, <coughs> based on the past, when the rumours emerge, when the smoke goes up, um, it's not a long time before the problem actually hits the fan, and we know it. And we know it. So we'd have to say we're not overly optimistic about the outlook for the particular company where the rumours are going at the moment. What would you say to a farmer who's delivered some grain to a company um, and he starts to worry? So his payment date comes and goes, and there's no money in the bank. Um, what should he do? What's the, what are some of the steps he should take then? First of all, obviously, we can't name names for the companies that these rumours that are in the industry are, are, are mentioning. But we can give some tips for if you do happen to be in that situation. Uh, the first of all, if you're owed money, if it's a couple of days from a grain trading company, you know, that could just be an administration problem. But we're really talking if you're a month, two months, three months overdue. Uh, my first one would be, get on the blower, get on the phone to whoever that grain trading company is and you say, where's my money? Show me the money, send something through. Um, they'll, If they start giving you promises or they start paying you in dribs and drabs, you know, you're owed 100,000, but you're getting paid, you know, $1,000 here, $2,000 there, I'd be very concerned, but at least you're getting something. Secondly, don't just maintain that conversation on the telephone. I would say, Get it written down. We can provide you with templates for uh, uh, basically letters that can go out to that company as final reminders. And if it keeps going on, and I would say, you know, if you haven't heard anything from them in about a week or two weeks, I would say the legal route is probably the route to take. And that is, uh, that is going to be difficult to do potentially, but you get some advice from your lawyer and you can try and recoup some of that money. The big issue is um, when it does happen, if a grain trading company does go bust, it will go bust overnight. And when that does happen, you will get nothing. So it's best to be as quick as possible on there. So on your list, I'm just going back to that <coughs> article again in, that you put out in April. There was about 15 traders on there uh, for a total of $155 million. Was there any evidence that when they did put the flag up, those traders, that any growers got any money out of that? Did the, was there any funds left for the growers or did it all go? There was a few, looking at some of the, the sort of the, the limited information you can find, there was a few that were providing, you know, very, very small amounts of money. By the time that all the sort of, uh, all the creditors in their, their order of preference are paid out, for the average grower, you know, sub 10 cents in the dollar, if anything at all, which is why it becomes such an issue is that, you know, the secured creditors get paid first and then the growers. So getting quickly before come, if there's flags there, and it doesn't even matter if there's flags there, if you are old money, chase it up because it's your money anyway. You should be in your pockets. And, and don't go easy. <laughs> don't accept, like... 
we can't swear on this podcast, but don't accept any BS. Uh, don't accept any excuses. Um, it doesn't matter what's happening within that business. You, They have bought that grain, taken delivery, and then sold it on to someone else. Uh, it's your money that you're owed. And I would say just uh, keep up. And I wouldn't, you know, I would say be a bit like a pit bull and just continually keep going at them until you get them and threaten them. Say, well, if... I don't hear back from you. I'll go to my friends in the newspapers, see what they have to say. That always spurs on people generally. Uh, yeah, I guess I was thinking of a different threat then, but I see what you mean. Andrew, The what can the industry do about this though? Because, I mean, it just seems like this repeatedly comes up, usually once a year, sometimes more than once a year, this issue pops up and it becomes an issue for now and then um, the people who are affected, which... which as you pointed out, isn't a large number of producers, but still, that's not helpful to the ones who are affected. It comes and it goes away and people move on and nothing's happened. It's been going on for a long time. What can the industry do? Well, I think the industry is trying its best within the means that it has. There's all sorts of ways. Well, A, that reduction in payment time, so <clears throat> you can get pretty quick payment on grains nowadays uh, compared to even three or four years ago. Uh, there are, like I said before, those options. Uh, I think Grain Corp have their own transaction software. Uh, Daily Grain in Western Australia has the same and clear. I think they all give you options to... <clears throat> basically, you don't relinquish ownership of the grain until you get cash in. Uh, counterparty insurance. Uh, you can either take out your own counterparty insurance or you can go for a broker who has counterparty insurance. I would say, though, in that circumstance, if a broker says he has guaranteed payment or it's a trading company says they have guaranteed payment, ask for a copy of the uh, disclosure, the insurance disclosure, the financial services guide, just so you know exactly what you're covered for, because some of them may not be as guaranteed as you think the term guarantee means. Uh, but then there's also the other, you know, the blue sky stuff like your blockchains and, uh, and various things like that, which you know, should, in theory, you know, offer that sort of payment security into the future. I can't help thinking, though, that um, it's that those sort of initiatives have to be driven by the industry and it just seems like the industry, it, it, you hear a bit of a kerfuffle um, and then nothing's really done. And, and it's surprising because the grain industry has a reputation for being progressive, uh, being innovative and, uh, and has certainly come a long way in the last 20 or so years. Um, do you think someone's going to push this along, Andrew, or is it? Uh, are we going to be talking about this again in exactly the same circumstances in a few months' time? Yeah, probably see you in September <laughs> to, to chat about this again. We'll just re-record this one. Uh, no, I think like it has to be the industry, and it has to be both grower-led and you know trader-led. And I think organisations like sort of Grain Trade Australia should have some sort of stewardship of this. You know, we see. There are rumours that like, this particular company that is looking a bit dicey, there's rumours that they have been uh, had a number of arbitrations against them, whether that's the case or not. But maybe things like arbitrations for non-payment should be public. If there's multiple claims against an organisation, should they really be part of an organisation like sort of Grain Trade Australia? So that's, that's another one. But I think <coughs> there is the definitely a push there's the you see organizations like uh new south wales farmers and vff looking to decrease those those payment terms which, which does rec reduce risk and 
and yeah, I think it really there is a push on. Whether we get anywhere, you know, is doubtful. Um, what, one of the other things to remember as well is that in terms of payment terms and in terms of counterparty risk, when we're saying that there's $155 million plus lost in the last 20 years, that is not $155 million lost to growers. That also includes banks who they owe money to. It also includes grain traders that they owe money to. And if you actually look at a lot of them in recent times, it has actually been other grain traders who have actually been the ones who have lost the most amount of money. It's not actually growers who lose the most amount of money. So it's actually in the interests of the grain trade to ensure that only reputable uh, organisations are are operating. And I think in other countries, like of Canada, for instance, they actually have a system of levies uh, that are there to protect against insolvency. Whether we need to go that way, I don't really think so. And I think it would probably end up just being an extra cost, which in the end, it would be producers who would be paying it. Uh, so there's, there's definitely lots of different options. Whether there's any traction on any of them, you know, we'll see. We'll just have a chat about that next time. Well, um, it's been a, a slightly negative um, podcast today, um, and, and it's, but it is a topic that needs to be raised and... Um, you know the old story, somebody needs to do something. Let's see if it happens. Is there any positives on the end of the horizon to wrap this podcast up, Andrew? What can we say that's positive about uh, the grain market? I guess eventually over time, these uh, organisations that are going to go bust, you know, they hopefully don't re-enter the marketplace. So over the course of time, there is more uh, concentration within the market. So there are, in reality, the industry has gone from the deregulated times of anyone was setting up a grain trading company, then it's now it's condensing back into being those those major organisations plus major consumers. So, But I do think the risk is probably, a year like this is uh, is pretty bad. Um, it's volatile, the market's gone up and it's gone down and maybe trading companies have been caught long and wrong. Uh, on a positive note though, you know, Victoria's looking pretty good for the crop, South Australia's looking pretty good for the crop. West Australia's again. Um, it's just New South Wales. Stop there. Stop there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Andrew. That was. Um, I mean, it's clearly uh, a subject that you've got a lot of knowledge on. So thanks for sharing that today. Thanks for letting me sit in and pick up some ideas on the grain industry. Um, another good podcast. Yep. Thanks very much, Robert, for turning the tables on me. Um, on another note. As is always the case, uh, remember this podcast is completely free of charge and produced by the team at Mercado. Uh, we only ask one thing, and that is that you give us a like or give us a, a rating on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to this. Share it with your friends and family. And uh, if you've got any ideas for uh, topics you'd like us to discuss, you know, drop us a line. You know where to get us. <laughs>